Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense. Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. I'm Vincent Xavier. I want to begin today's broadcast out of Jeremiah chapter 51. I know about 10 days ago, maybe 14 days ago, we uh, were studying out of Jeremiah chapter 51, but there is something that we said, uh, those scriptures actually said that is taking place, or at least in the process of taking place, that we need to look at to show how valid the word of God really is living in the the times that we're living in. The word of God is amazing. God's word is absolutely timeless. It's kind of like the Melchizedek priesthood, no beginning of days, no end of life. Uh, The word of God is eternal, eternal past, eternal future. It's now, it's everywhere in between. And we marvel personally at the word of God, that it's all God breathed, it's inspired. But I remember reading this uh, about two weeks ago and going through Jeremiah chapter 51 And then I started looking at the news a little bit because we have to. I hear a lot of people poo-pooing the news, and and I understand why. But part of our job is to make sure we're looking at uh, the signs of the times through a biblical lens. And sometimes, uh, you know, foregoing the deception and the crazy talk that we have no desire to sit down and listen to. But just watching global events take place and then look at those events through the biblical lens, we come up with an interpretation of where we are. Uh, which is kind of unique and what we need to be doing. And a lot of people are doing that. So I was reading here in Jeremiah 51, and I'm going to begin in verse 1. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up against Babylon and against them that dwell in the midst of them that rise up against me, 
a destroying wind. Now, let me allow, allow me some liberty here to just uh, remind what so many Bible teachers and Bible prophecy teachers have explained. Even though Jeremiah 51 was written by the prophet Jeremiah and Baruch, his, 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 uh, his author, if you will, his penmanship, um, we know that this Bible pro- prophecy was intended for the uh, Israel and the Babylonian invasion that was going to come. But then he was talking about what would happen to Babylon later after they, you know, uh, did what they did. So, but we also know that this Bible prophecy was never fulfilled in totality, in totality. We know that. And we also know that many of the Old Testament Bible prophecies that were written, that were even fulfilled in their time, have a dualistic meaning. In other words, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 reminds the New Testament church that they're to to learn from what had happened in the past when God was dealing with Israel so that the New Testament church would not repeat the same things they did and suffer the same consequences. So in that light of scripture, uh, Christians should feel very okay with going back and reading the Old Testament stories Kind of like what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. Two of the writers, Jude and Peter, bring up the entire Sodom and Gomorrah story of the past. And they tell us that anybody that does that is going to suffer it in the future or today. So all Christians should be okay with going back in time and seeing how God operates and how God deals with sin with individuals and nations. And even though... We are under a new covenant. We're not under the Mosaic covenant. We still are dealing with the same God who deals with sin. Now, to those who have fled to Jesus Christ as a refuge for their sin, for an atonement, and have been forgiven and emancipated, well, they're they're in an altogether different reality. The glory of God for the Christian who has been born again is awesome and amazing and filled with hope for the future. Um, However, a nation that goes and participates in doing what ancient nations did that drew the wrath of God, we have to understand that God told us by his apostle in the New Testament that anybody that practices the same things they did are going to suffer the same consequences. And what we have learned in the New Testament, our judgment is double because we know better. So a nation like America, we have to understand that when this was writing writing to Babylon of old, Well, when we begin to see what Babylon was doing, and it lines up with what we're doing uh, today, whatever we've morphed into, okay, rather from a Christian nation, a Judeo-Christian nation into Egypt, Sodom and Gomorrah, Babylon, uh, well, we can expect the same kind of judgment. I want to show you this. So I'm not just making things up and saying, oh, let's take this and put it on America. No. Uh, What America has done has followed the same pattern that Babylon was in, world ruler, et cetera, et cetera, their conduct before God, their passing of laws that offend the mind of God, uh, the sins that are committed in our land that are atrocious. Okay, these are atrocities going on. So I want to get into it uh, in Jeremiah 51. And by the way, if that's not convincing enough that we could go back to the Old Testament and look at prophecies that are dualistic in nature, in other words, for then and for anybody that does the same thing that they did, Now we could go over to Revelation chapter 17 and 18 if we're not convinced by that thought and realize that, man, he's dealing with Babylon in the book of Revelation, the end time mystery Babylon. So the Jeremiah prophecy, it would be destroyed forever. So it's almost like Jeremiah was speaking by the spirit. Maybe he didn't get it, 
but he was speaking way beyond that natural Babylon into an end-time global Babylonian system and where the head of that Babylon might be. So, having said that, Jeremiah chapter 51, verse 1. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up against Babylon. And again, let's look at the word Babylon. It's the Babel or the Babel. And it literally means confusion by mixing. Now, today we're mixing vaccinations. We're mixing races. We're mixing languages. I mean, we are the nation, America today, that all the nations of the world, all the languages of the world, you know, all the different races of the world come into America and we're all blended. But rather than coming up with a beautiful spaghetti sauce, you know, you put all the different ingredients and you get a beautiful sauce when you do it right. uh, We've come up with confusion. All right. So we have Babylon, meaning confusion by mixing, mixing the water with the wine, mixing the gospel uh, with, uh, you know, worldliness or uh, whatever it is. So we're mixing the things of God with the things of the devil. We're mixing laws. We're mixing everything. And we're even mixing cocktails with uh, DNA transformations, okay? So he says of this Babylon, this confusion by mixing, he said, I will raise up against that nation, America today, fits the bill of Babylon perfectly, as you'll see, and against them that dwell in the midst, okay? That's the inhabitants of America uh, dwelling, that are dwelling in the midst of them that rise up against me. So America has risen up against God. I don't think anybody would refute that idea that America in our politics, in our arts, our entertainment, uh, everything that we do, it is against God. Hollywood has risen up against God by the things that they're putting out on the airwaves. Uh, our government, uh, the legislative branch of government, the Supreme Court, all these things that they've promoted and they've come against God in doing I don't think we have a problem with that. And it is a global reality, by the way, but America is and has been at the helm of this end-time Babylonian global worldwide system. So we have to take some responsibility, particularly as a nation that once knew God and turned away from God. So now he said, what is he going to do? Raise up someone against them. And what is it going to be? I'm going to raise up against them that rise up against me. A destroying wind. Remember we talked about that? A destroying wind. I was uh, very much concerned about a massive hurricane, and I think it was Ida that came and did a lot of damage on the coast. I don't believe that's finished. I think there's even more hurricanes that are coming uh, with wind speeds of up to 200 miles an hour. But again, those hurricanes normally just hit certain areas. So God is saying he's bringing a destroying wind, a shakath, Something that, and here's what's interesting about that passage, that means corrupt or something that will spoil, something that will ruin, something that will pervert, something that will uh, morally be destructive. So a wind, a breath, a soul, a wind, uh, which is the Ruach. So there's something coming out of the mouth of the beast that's going to bring corruption and defilement. We already see that happening. So, And will send, in verse 2, unto Babylon, fanners. Okay, who are the fanners? This is the Zor. And a fanner, according to the definition, are those who turn aside, uh, especially for lodging. Hence, to be a foreigner. So I'm going to send the foreigners uh, who are strange and profane. 
Uh, you talk about refugees from Haiti who do voodoo coming to our borders, and you get kind of an act, an understanding about what's happening here. Um, and so we have this stranger that's coming in. I'm going to send, okay, I will send unto Babylon the fanners, the foreigners, the strangers, the profane, that shall fan her. All right, so the fanners are going to fan Babylon. That's the Zara, which literally means to cause to toss about, to diffuse, to winnow, uh, to disperse, to scatter. Um, so whatever God is sending in these fanners, the fanners, the foreigners, the profane foreigners, i.e. Rashida Talib and Omar Ilmar and all the others that are out there, I'm going to send these fanners to your borders, okay? And when they come in, they're going to fan you. So they will fan her and shall empty her land. They shall empty her land. And that word empty is the baka. And that means to make waste or to pour out, uh, to de... Here's what I thought was very interesting in the, in, in the definition of the Hebrew, that the baka literally means to depopulate. To depopulate. Um, wow. To spread out as a fruitful vine, make void. Okay, so we have... Uh, the depopulation. So the fanners that God is sending to Babylon who have fought against him are going to bring a depopulation to the nation. Listen carefully because it's the word of God, right? And then it says, for in the day of trouble, they shall be against her round about. They, the fanners, the foreigners, the profane, okay, those who are of a strange speech language, they shall be against her roundabout. So they're coming into the land. Verse 3. I'm in Jeremiah 51, verse 3. Against him that bends, let the archer bend. So when we bend, let the archer bend. And the word archer there is the Hebrew word darak, and it means to march, to tread, uh, to walk, also to string a bow. Okay, so we have, again, in the definition, let the archers, let the warriors bend their bow, let them march, let them tread. Okay, so there's a treading of the enemy. And so if you're, if you're getting a proper view of what's being said, God is pronouncing a judgment against Babylon, and he's bringing foreign nations against her. They're going to enter into the land, depopulate it by wasting it and, and bringing a fanning to it. And then there, he's going to bring up warriors that are going to bend the bow against those that bend. Okay, and against him that lifts himself up in his brigadine. Okay, and the brigadine, we talked about that as being the armor. Okay, a coat of mail. All right, so those that rise up with their armor and, and, and all of that, he said, I'm going to bring them against her as well. And let's see. And spare ye not her young men. Okay, they will not spare the young men. They will destroy utterly all her host. All right, and the word host there is the sabah, and it talks about their organized army, uh, those who go to war, okay, those who are in service. It's a mass of persons. And again, or, those who are organized for war, an army. So the army of Babylon, the uh, the military power of Babylon will be destroyed. Now, the day that 
Jeremiah was actually writing about that and talking about it was kind of absurd because they were the world power that boasted the greatest military in the world with the greatest weaponry in the world. But when God would be, bring the fanners and God would bring the spoilers, something changes. And we have to beware of this. It's the word of the Lord against a nation that has sinned against God. And so he brings in this uh, verse 4, Jeremiah 51, verse 4, thus the slain shall fall in the land of the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, and they that are thrust through in her streets. All right, so the slain shall fall. And the word slain there, by the way, is the kalal, and it's talking about those who are fatally wounded or are pierced. And it also means those who are defiled or profaned, okay? So you have those who have been defiled and profaned, polluted. It gets in the definition of being polluted. So we live in a polluted country. We live in a defiled country, a defamed country. We, we live there. There's no doubt about it. This is what America has become in so many different ways with, you know, the LGBTQ community marching through the city streets, profaning uh, holiness, profaning everything. I mean, that's where we are. So those that are slain, those are polluted. What is he going to do? He said, the slain, the polluted, the defiled nation shall fall, okay, in the land. They're going to fall in their own land, depopulation in their own land. We're watching in 2020 already begin to come to pass, right, uh, of the Chaldeans and or the Babylonian citizens, the Americans today in type and shadow, and they that are thrust through are going to fall in her streets. And the Dakar, it means that those who have been pierced, those who have uh, starved, it literally means to starve. But this is interesting because in the Dakar, in the Hebrew definition, it says it's a primitive root to stab, ooh, to pierce through. You talk about a stab, a jab, a shot in the arm, a shot somewhere. Uh, it's very interesting in the definition how that lines up with, again, the slain shall fall, the, the perverse will fall in the land of the Chaldeans, and they that are thrust through or pierced or stabbed or jabbed, okay, are going to do what? They're going to fall in her streets. Do you think the time is coming that people are going to just start dropping dead because they took the vaccinations? That's what a lot of people are saying, that there's a ticking time bomb going on in the lives of people that have taken the vaccination and that the days will come when we'll be walking in the store and people will just start dropping dead because that ticking time bomb of that vaccination that they took, that pierced them, that stabbed them, that jabbed them, is going to have its way. Wow, that is possible. Could be from anything else as well. But he said, that's going to be the judgment. People are going to be falling dead. That's why in Psalm 91, it is so important to remember that a thousand shall fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. All right. So when you're walking in the true vaccination, the true blood of Jesus, the inoculation to all sickness and disease, and you have a blood covenant and your faith is operating in high levels, of knowing these things, you're going to see a 1,000 at your side and 10,000 at your right hand. And it may come through those who have been jabbed or stabbed or pierced through with a dart, if you will. Wow, what language, right? And then it goes on to say in verse 5, 
It's kind of like a, a minor reprieve because this judgment's against Babylon. And it says, for Israel has not been forsaken. Praise God, church. Now, that's a type and shadow of uh, those who are the Jew and the Gentile who have become one new man in the earth, the true Israel of God, the Jerusalem above. We're going to get into that study big time very soon because we got to get our heads cleared. But when I see Israel, I see the true ecclesia, the Jew and the Gentile who become made one, the tabernacle of David, you know, all of that good reality. Israel has not been forsaken. Church, we have not been forsaken, even though we live in a world that has forsaken the Lord and is drawing the judgment and the wrath of God. We have not been forsaken, nor Judah, the remnant of his God, of the Lord of hosts, though their land was filled with sin against the Holy One of Israel. So the remnant that's walking in the midst of this polluted nation in our generation has not been forsaken, but their land is filled with sin against the Holy One of Israel. It's an exact description of what's happening right now. Some people, I guess many, are falling away to the world powers and are uh, being manipulated, and they are allowing themselves to go along with the, uh, the status quo. They are more willing to compromise, and they're not, they're not aware that that lukewarm compromise is creating an environment that they're not going to be able to stand in in the days of life ahead. But the true Israel of God, the true Judah of God, the remnant of God, uh, God is not forsaken going to see it all around us, but there's going to be a hedge of protection for those who really love the Lord, so be encouraged. And he goes on in verse 6, flee out, flee out, and that word, I mean, it's so obvious what it says, what Jesus said in Matthew 24, flee to the mountains of Jerusalem or uh, Judea. Uh, this word to flee out is the noose, and it actually means to escape, okay? Uh, literally, to um Oh, that's, a, that's an interesting word, to vanish away. Vanish away. Now, immediately, maybe you're thinking, well, that's the preacher of rapture, you know. But that's something where people are going to be translated after the Lord returns. That's something God's doing. He's telling us, the citizens, you vanish away. You flee out. What does it mean to vanish away? It means to very subtly go. Very subtly go. And it means to flee out. It means to escape. Remember what Jesus said. The time is coming that a, like a snare shall it come on the whole earth, Luke 21, and they shall not escape. So if the people have not fled, if the people have not vanished, if they have not disappeared in the sense of going away, getting into a, uh, a biblically safe place led by the Holy Spirit, they will not escape. So he's calling for the people, flee out, escape of the midst of Babylon. Get out of the midst of Babylon. Get out of what, the, what, what people, you know, are in the center of Babylon, not just geographically, but what Babylon stands for, okay? You know, that could be translated, get rid of your phone, get rid of your computer, um, you know, leave the neighborhood that you're in. It could be, mean a lot of different things. It could also mean, like my friend Dr. John Price wrote in his book, uh, the end of America, it could mean actually leaving the nation itself uh, because of the judgment that's going to hit it. And the judgment that's going to hit the United States of America as people are beginning to pour in that are going to, you know, depopulate the land, uh, you know, it could be either way. Um, 
Let me continue just a little further here. Uh, Jeremiah 51.6. So flee out of the midst of Babylon and deliver every man his soul, your soul, because, uh, you know, righteous Lot was vexed every day by the filthy conduct of the wicked. He was caught in an environment that was a vexation to him. Well, you don't want to live in that kind of an environment. If you're living in one right now that's vexing your soul, you better get out, okay, to a better place. Uh, be not cut off in her iniquity. That's an instruction. It goes back to Revelation chapter 18. Be not a partaker of her sins. So be not cut off in her iniquity. So if you don't come out, you're going to be responsible for what happens. And he's saying, don't get cut off. And that word, do not be cut off, is the Hebrew meaning of daman. And it means, watch this, do not be silent. Do not be dumb. Do not be still. Okay? Um, and again, the root is to be dumb, uh, to be astonished. Okay? To stop. Don't stop. Don't perish. Okay? Don't tarry. Um, don't forbear. In other words, get out, okay, before it happens. Then it's in her iniquity. So the nation's iniquity, and you know and I know that the iniquity in America is overflowing. The cup is literally overflowing, okay? And scripture talks about the cup overflowing with sin and iniquity, but you don't want to get cut off. For this is the time, Jeremiah 51, 6, this is the time of the Lord's vengeance. See, what we need to understand is that we're talking about a generation uh, within a nation that began really well, that has labored against God, that has sinned against God, that has made war with God, literally. And now, after all that time and coming to where we have, this is the time of the Lord's vengeance. And you have to begin to view things not so much as the devil, but God allowing the devil to go ahead and do what the devil does. Because devil, the devil has no love affair with any human being. All those devil-worshiping people, he hates them. He's not giving them any, all he's giving them is power in the earth. He said to Jesus, worship me and I'll give you all these things. So he's given people that serve him what they want in this life, but their eternal soul is going to be damned forever. The devil doesn't love anything that was created in the image of God, and I think we know that. So this is the Lord's vengeance. Now, what is the Lord's vengeance? The word vengeance is the nekama in the Hebrew, and it simply means that. He's going to avenge with passion. It's vengeance time. So God is saying to the inhabitants of America, you need to wake up and understand what time it is. And I'm telling you what time it is. It's time for the Lord's vengeance. Has the Lord avenged in times past? Absolutely. Is the Lord going to avenge in our generation for what we've done as the superpower nation in the world that fought against him? Absolutely. Is there a final avenging of the Lord in Scripture? Revelation chapter 16, Revelation chapter 19, Revelation chapter 20. You bet there is. There is a final vengeance where the wrath of God will be fully released at the very end of time before the Lord or uh, before the kingdom, the millennial kingdom is set up and we go on for a thousand years and then we go on to the eternal eighth day of Enoch. But yeah, God has avenged in times past. God will avenge 
in the future, in the finality of things. Many people are thinking we're getting close to the finality, the book of Revelation. I don't think we're there yet, but I think God is going to avenge his wrath upon our nation and break it so that we'll be lassoed into a one-world government, and then we're going to get into that great tribulation, and then afterwards we're going to see God in Revelation 16 do what he said he would do. So now we go into, for this is the time of the Lord's vengeance, he will render unto her a recompense. So what does that mean? It's the gemul, the gemul. And it simply means a dealing. God is going to send a dealing or treatment, okay, uh, against her. It's a, it's, it's, it's a treatment or what is deserved. So God is a just God, and he's only going to do what is just. And he's going to send uh, a just treatment of what we deserve for what we have done. Now, when you look at what we have done in our generation and you compare it to the things that ancient empires have done, we have done worse than them and we knew better. So the judgment will be more severe. The treatment, the ill uh, treatment that's coming against our nation is going to be felt. And this is what the prophecy is actually saying. So verse 7, Babylon has been a golden cup in the Lord's hand that made all the earth drunken, all the earth drunken. The nations have drunken of her wine, therefore the nations are mad. And the word mad there is the halal, and it means to be boastful, foolish. It talks about being, um, uh, to be stupefied, giving glory to themselves, uh, raged. It's it's just a rave. Uh, it's it, they're drinking Babylon's cup. In other words, as as the Babylon, the cup of Babylon has been tossed to the nations. They've drunk of it. Uh, they have gone literally mad. That's really something else. Okay, the nations. And you think about it. Has America put its cup to the lips of four nations and rock and roll and music and diplomacy and politics and government and abortion, shedding innocent blood? Uh, promotion of homosexuality, every bit of it, okay? This is also going on in the United Nations, and which we're going to talk about here in just a little bit, the final Babylon. In my understanding, the final Babylon of Book of Revelation will be the United Nations, because that goes back to the Tower of Babel, where all the nations were gathered together. And I do believe at the collapse of the independent sovereign United States, which is already basically underway the collapse there's a few people resisting but when that resistance is gone and america falls and is collapsed and absorbed into the united nations now we're getting into some deep territory but right now we're dealing with a nation's personal sin against god don't forget it this nation's personal sin against god and that is just and it is due and it is coming and watch how this prophecy goes on to say verse 8 Babylon, America, is suddenly fallen. Now, the word suddenly, this is a big word right now, prophetically. It means surprisingly. And you remember going back before the uh, whole issue of the 2020 COVID-19 debacle that we were sharing Isaiah 47, 11, I believe it was, where evil is coming. You won't be able to put it off. Um, and suddenly it, it'll, it'll break. So we've seen a number of that prophecy come to pass, but the suddenly, the surprising collapse, or the thing that's going to cause it to collapse, 
still must be. So God says, suddenly, Babylon is fallen. And that word fallen there is the nafal, and it means to fall of a violent death, a violent death, to be cast down, to be attacked, okay? And so this is uh, a vicious nightmare that's coming to the shores of America, no doubt about it. So Babylon is suddenly fallen and destroyed. She will be destroyed. Howl for her. Take balm for her pain. If so be, she may be healed. And again, you want to cross-reference Isaiah chapter 1, that he was saying to Jerusalem, the whole head is sick. From the head to the toes, the whole body is sick, and there is no longer any healing for her. Now listen to what he says here uh, in verse 9. We would have healed Babylon. We would have tried, you know, we've tried to. We would have healed Babylon. We would have, you know, gotten her out of this condition, but she is not healed. We would love to have healed America. We would love to have turned it back to God, to the great physician who alone could heal a nation. We would have loved to have brought America back to holiness and righteousness and morality and, and to worship God and to honor God and, and to just love the way that we were called to love. But now we're drinking baby's blood and eating fetal tissue and having crazy things going on that are so grotesque, monstrous, vampirish. It's sickening, and we know that. So we would have healed America of Babylon, but she is not healed, and she is not today. I remember in 2003, while walking through a park, blowing a shofar, seeking the face of God, God said, do not pray for America, for she has crossed the point of no return. Pray for the saints in the nation that they'll be able to navigate through what is coming. And that was in 2003. We're talking 18 years ago, and yet I've watched do not pray for this nation. I never have. A lot of people have, but she's never been healed. She's never been brought back. She's gone fur- farther away from God than ever. She's never coming back. What's going to happen to Babylon, America, according to scripture, going to be destroyed. She's going to be wiped out. She's going to be fanned. The day of the Lord's vengeance, all that we have done since 1961, 2, and 3, to fight against God and all the corruptibilities that they thought they were getting away with, Well, now comes the day of the Lord's vengeance upon this nation. So it says in verse 9 again, we would have healed Babylon, but she's not healed. Forsake her. Forsake her. Who's he talking to? Azab. It means to leave, to loose, to depart from, abandon. Okay? I mean, this is God's instruction to his people telling them, you're sitting there trying to heal her. You're sitting there trying to fix her. You're sitting there trying to get her together. She is not going to be fixed. She is not going to be healed. Forsake her. Get out. Let it go. Let go of the, the attempts. Let's stop trying to fix her. And a lot of Christians today say, well, that's not Christian. You know, that's not what we do. Yes, it is. Even Jesus, the great physician, told his people, when you see these things, you better flee. It's no new gospel. It's no new message. We're just under such a refuge of lies and so stupefied because we've compromised and capitulated and become tolerant of things. We no longer preach a fiery gospel. It's so watered down. It has no impact or potency to bring about a transformation of being the church, allowing for us to build an ark, to bring condemnation upon the world like Noah did. Most people don't even understand what I'm talking about. But anyways, so he goes on to say, forsake her. 
and let us go everyone into his own country for her judgment reaches unto heaven and is lifted up even to the skies. Her judgment, the word judgment there is a mispah, the mispah. And it means the time of deciding a case. It is now the sentencing. It is the execution of the judgment. The prophets of God have warned America for a long time. They're talking a long time. There has been a warning to repent, repent, repent. It never repented. So now comes the time of her judgment. Verse 9 again. Oh, excuse me, verse 10. And, you know, again, it's talking about fleeing to your own country. You know, what does that mean? Do do I flee to Italy? Um, My country is a heavenly country. According to Hebrews chapter 11, Abraham, the father of my faith, he sought a country, but it wasn't natural, geographical, physical. It was heavenly. Literally in Hebrews 11 called a heavenly country. So what you and I need to be doing is considering fleeing into the spirit, departing from the soul realm, the physical realm, into the spiritual realm and being led by the Holy Spirit so he could guide us and direct us and take us wherever he wants us to go. Okay, just consider that. Biblical input. Verse 10. The Lord has brought forth our righteousness. Now, again, another minor, uh, just kind of here, breathe for a second. The Lord has brought forth our righteousness. Who is that? That's Yeshua, the Messiah, the branch. This is Jesus. The Lord has brought forth our righteousness. Come and let us declare in Zion the work of the Lord our God, okay? So we are still to declare the work of the Lord in Zion, the ecclesia. We have come to Mount Zion, Hebrews 12, the city of the living God. You've got to put it all together, right? This is not just an earthly thing. There's a lot of spiritual symbology here that needs to be rightly divided. Now, verse 11. Now, I'm getting to the point I wanted to talk to you about, okay? Make bright the arrows Gather the shields. The Lord has raised up the spirit of the kings of the Medes. The kings of the Medes, the Mahdi, okay? Uh, the Made. And do you know that the, <clears throat> the Mahdi is the leader of the Islamic caliphate that will be formed in these last days? So God is stirring the Mahdi. And we look at that Hebrew word, the Madi, and it is the, uh, it means the middle land, okay? And that is what we call the Middle East, isn't that? That's the definition. Media, the Mies, or Madal, it means the middle land, okay? So he's stirring the spirit of the kings, or the Mahdi, the Madi of the Middle East. In other words, the caliphate that will be formed that God will allow to be successful. Remember Isaiah chapter 10, that he stirs up the kings of Assyria, and, they, and he uses them as a battle axe in his hand and a weapon of war, and the, and, the, and the weapon in his hand is God's indignation. 
God will use Ishmael, the wild man, to bring wrath and judgment. Believe me, this is what God's saying. He's going to do or believe the word of God. That's what it says. So he's stirring up the kings. What am I doing? Make bright the arrows, gather the shields. The Lord has raised up the spirit, the mind, the will. He's stirring something of the kings of the Medes for his device. Okay, whose device? The Lord's device. His device, his mesoma, his purpose, his plot. God has a purpose and a plot is what? His purpose and his plot is to, is or is against Babylon to destroy it because it is the vengeance of the Lord, the vengeance of his temple. So far, and I'm going to get into the, the, the meat of this in just a moment. Does it fit? Does it fit? In our worldview, do we see a caliphate possibly rising where the Mahdi, uh, which we know to be the Antichrist, that's going to go into the temple of God, that's going to unite the Middle East, the Sunni, the Shia, the Muslim world, around the world, and all of its adherents, converts to it. There's going to be a leader out of the middle of the earth, okay? We know that. That's biblical. That's scriptural. The judgment on America is clear. We've heard it for such a long time. A surprise is coming, a device, a plot, a plan. And then in verse 12, and this is where things start getting really interesting, okay? Verse 12 says, Set up the standard upon the walls of Babylon. And what is the standard? It's the nace. It's like a sail. It's a signal. It's a, uh, an ensign, a banner. Okay? Um, it's literally a flag staff. Okay? Like in Flagstaff, Arizona. It's a flag staff. It's a token. Okay? So set up the sign Where? Set up the sign upon the walls of Babylon. Make the watch strong. Set up the watchmen. Prepare the ambushes. And that's the Arab. 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 Okay. The ambushes means an ambush. To lie in wait. To lurk. Okay. Um like the lion in the thicket watching the prey. They're everywhere. We know that. That's obvious. So prepare the Arab, the ambushes, for the Lord has both devised and done that which he spoke against the inhabitants of Babylon. It's already happening, in other words, but there's a surprise coming. You shouldn't be surprised. I will not be surprised. And it's a big surprise. And you're going to see people dead and a nation destroyed economically, politically, governmentally. It's going to fall. It's over. And this is the decree of the word of God against our nation today. It's over. And you're watching it. A puppeteer president, a godless government in Washington, D.C., A divided nation, a house divided, cannot stand. 
We would heal Babylon. Oh, everybody wants to heal it. God said, she won't be healed. You're not going to fix America because America has rejected the great physician. Now her time of judgment is here. It's simple. But we have a responsibility to do what? Vanish, escape, come out, right? And this is where Christians don't want to discomfort themselves. You just had a dry run in 2020 of what your world is going to look like multiplied by maybe 10 times. You're witnessing it, but the blinders are still on. There's still too much debate and talk and rather than obedience to do what God said. Why? Because you're in confusion. You're in Babylon. And not only is there a political Babylon, but there's a religious Babylon, and you're confused by all the doctrines that are being spewed out. Christians are confused everywhere. And one mind says, oh, I better do this. Another mind says, oh, I don't need to do that. There's such confusion through mixing of the words of God that the majority of Christians today don't have a clue what to do, so they're stuck in the middle. They don't move, and they're going to get caught because they're not obeying the biblical instruction, even though everything that the Bible says would be happening when it was time to flee is happening, but nobody's moving because somebody else is saying, oh, come on. You see, people are confused, so they won't move, and they will get caught. Move where? Well, spiritually into the environment of the kingdom of heaven. Mentally, emotionally, uh, solically, sensitive to what God is doing. And then physically, understand, you're living in a doomed country. You're living in it. And yet there's still Babylonian confusion. The idea, President Trump's going to come back, America's going to revive Listen, if you believe that, fine, but you're going to be held accountable for what you're saying as I will be held accountable for what I'm telling people. And if you have two people telling two different ideas, that's confusion. I'm just going by what the Bible says. I'm not preaching America. I'm not preaching American exceptionalism because, quite frankly, America is not exceptional today. I am not preaching American Gospels. I'm preaching the word of God that what he will do to any nation that follows the course of the ancient nations who he destroyed. So the word of God is very clear. Message is very true. And yet people are hesitating. They're halting. They want to go. They want to prepare. They want to get in the right place. They want to do the right thing. They want to escape. But they're being told, don't worry about it. There's going to be a revival in America. There's going to be a revival. We're all going to be revived. No. What's going on in America, as in all the world, is the true tabernacle of David is being built up, the people of God, to receive the glory of God, the Messiah. That has nothing to do with America. That has nothing to do with a nation that blasphemes God while drinking children's blood. And you say, oh, that's really bad. We've got to get that guy out of the office. No, it's so far down the road. Both the left and the right, they've all done it. Come on. Come on. We live in a sin-sick world. 
no matter who Donald Trump was president, no matter who was president, they were still promoting LGBTQ community, which God hates. They were promoting abortion, shedding innocent blood, which God hates. There was a move to stop it to six demands, blah, 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 made an issue, but even that's not going to work. You got to understand what time it is. You as a Christian are living in this world and in this nation, if you're in this country called America, if you're living in this country, you're living, and he's telling you, get out of it. Get out of it affectionately, emotionally, mentally. Stop trying to heal it. She's mad. She is mad. That's what the Bible says. Now, he goes on to say, and again, you know, you may believe something else, but man, you've been saying it for 18 years, American preachers and prophets that were honestly, honestly were saying, oh, Donald Trump, he's going to be the next president. He's going to win. He didn't win. And you could try to say, well, he did win, but it was a fraudulent election. You can do all you want. He's not the president. If he were the president, like he said out of his own mouth, there wouldn't be a crisis at the border. Afghanistan wouldn't be in the condition it's in right now. There would be all kinds of different things. If he was, he's not. And he's not leading a revolution against a false king. Come on. That's not happening. It's that glazy, uh, candy-coated, uh, Winchell's Donuts, Dunkin' Donut glaze that are on people's minds. That's not real. It's sugar-coated. It's not real. They're trying to protect themselves rather than repent for missing it, for goodness sake. Come on. Now, <clears throat> go on a little bit further. And this is, this is it. Here it is. Verse 13, O thou that dwellest upon many waters. Boy, do we dwell upon many waters. Abundant in treasures. Your end is come and the measure of your covetous. Now, what is a sign of the end? God said it, but what would a sign be? Give me a sign. Lord, give me a sign. Everybody wants to know, right? What is a sign? Verse 14, the crux of this conversation. The Lord of hosts hath sworn by himself, saying, Surely I will fill you, Babylon, with men as with caterpillars, and they shall lift up a shout against you. How many are at the border right now? 15,000? How many thousands did they lose sight of that were led into this country? And so many were deported, but thousands kind of came in, just scattered about. I saw the prophetic sign of this particular word, surely I will fill you with men. And that means what there in the Hebrew? The word men there is the Adam, just meaning uh, a human being. I'm going to send men. Uh, it gets into some other of low degree in the definition, men of low degree, whatever that means. Okay, I'm going to fill you with men as with caterpillars. The Yalek in the Hebrew or a young locust. Now, that's biblically really important for us to understand because in the book of Revelation, chapter 9, there's a locust invasion that the pit is going to open. In other words, he unlocks the door, maybe the borders, and all of a sudden there's a release of locusts, caterpillars. Come on. It's talking about 
young locusts in early stage of development. You see mostly young people coming through the border. And the word caterpillar is as devouring, like a canker, canker worm, cancer worm, canker worm. So he said, I'm going to, I am going to. That's why the deception is on people's minds. I'm going to fill your land with men as with caterpillars, devouring young locusts, invasion. Joel 2, Revelation 9. And they shall lift up a shout against you, inhabitants of Babylon, right? A cheer, an acclamation, a shouting of a foe against the people. Hmm. When I think about the Islamic invasion that is coming to the shores of America, when I think about the terror cells, the sleeper cells, the Islamic cells that are throughout this nation and how they're coming through every orifice, every door, every open opportunity to come in, that surprise is very, very, very near. That surprise, I maintain that my surprise that there's going to be some dirty bombs going off in major cities on the same day that is going to cripple this country in an hour. I believe that with all my heart the timing of a thing and I believe we've come so close to that moment and it's going to happen he goes on to say they're going to lift up a shout against you verse 15 let's just stop there for a minute what I'm going to do let me just back off just for a little bit Uh, number one I want to see what's happening in our um, chat room and I want to welcome everybody that's tuned into the broadcast right now on um, YouTube under Vincent Xavier on our Omega Radio uh, org website. You could watch and listen live and on Facebook. And so I want to say good morning to Charlotte Gotch this morning, who's saying hello to everybody. Good morning. Uh, Kevin Hauger, good morning, Pastor Vince. Good morning to you, Kevin. Happy birthday uh, that you celebrated yesterday. God bless you, Kevin. Such a uh, a great part of this ministry and work. Thank you for doing what you do. I uh, see good morning to Cindy Messman. Good morning, Pastor Vincent Xavier. Blessings. Thank you for the blessing and blessings to you. Chuck Eastridge is with us today. Good morning, Chuck. God bless you, sir. And uh, we got a couple of amens out there. Melissa Fletcher, good morning, my brothers and sisters. Thank you, Pastor Vincent, for your solid teaching of the truth. Thank you. Because when you say that, that carries a lot of merit. God bless you. Pastor Melissa Fletcher, boy, did you knock it out of the park. Um, we got a wow from Chuck Eastridge, Cindy Messman. Good morning, uh, Melissa Fletcher. We have Joyce is with us today uh, with a good morning. So uh, there's a few good morning hellos. I also want to show you, I'm going to interject the thought right now, okay? I'm going to show you a video. The reason why I'm going to show you this seven-minute video clip, okay, is because, it's because it is another sign, and I'm going to get into the scriptural reference of the sign after I show you the video, but I want you to really just take the next seven minutes and listen carefully, okay, because these things are becoming so obvious before our eyes, okay, and you'll, we'll, we'll talk about it here in just a little bit. So with that being said, I'm going to bring this into the broadcast. I've got a stream here, and I'm going to go to it over here. And I'm going to enlarge it, and then I'm going to play it, and I'm going to hit it right here, and I think I have to do it here. So listen carefully, just a moment. Okay, I just, I need to make sure, hold on a second, okay. 
21st century. The exhibition space featuring the giant experience, a glorious celebration of the great men and women of your country, inventors, artists, scientists, celebrities, and athletes. The viewing towers. See the city from the shoulders of a giant. New dimensions in retail, gastronomy, and special events for diversity and occasions. The world's tallest moving sculpture. Vincent is now going through. It's arms Vincent. It speaks and sings. Yeah, it is. Now here are the whole table. And that was the
So there it is. There it is. What do you think about that? Um, it's not make-believe. It's real. It is touring. And the scripture verse you probably already know we're going to go to is Revelation chapter 13. And let's see if it fits, okay? Revelation chapter 13, verse 11. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke as a dragon. And he exercises all the power of the first beast before him and causes the earth and them which dwell therein. Listen now. What does this second beast actually do? He causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he does great wonders so that he makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men and deceives them that dwell on the earth, deceives them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles, which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. They're bringing back all the ancient empires, right? So again, that they should make an image of the beast, which had the wound by a sword and did live, and he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Now, what does the word image mean? In the Greek, the definition for the word image is an icon. It's an icon. Okay? What is an icon? Well, an icon is a likeness. It is a statue. It is a profile or a representation, a resemblance. Now, what is this giant image doing that men of the earth have made? See, it's so in our face that we're blinded to everything that we're seeing, and the obvious is right before us, and we're sitting here going, well, that we really don't, we didn't really actually believe that this would be happening. We didn't actually believe that there'd be a mark of the beast and an icon of the beast or a statue or an image or a profile. Um, you know, we didn't actually believe that was going to happen. Uh, and even though it's happening, there's got to be something wrong because we really don't believe. And yet it is happening in front of the eyes of the world with the vaccination, the rise of this giant, blah, blah, blah. You heard what it said, the greatest selfie. It is the self-centered 666 man. I mean, 
Well, that can't be it. Well, maybe it's not, but certainly it's a preview. My God, is it a preview. So we have this, and that people will be killed if they don't worship the image, the icon of the beast. They should be killed. And then, of course, verse 16, this second beast also causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now, uh, without going into too much detail about that, I want to know what you just thought about what you saw. I'd love to hear some comments, um, if you would, on, uh, in the chat room. What are your thoughts about what you just saw? What are your thoughts about what we're reading out of Jeremiah chapter 51? What are your thoughts? What are you sensing? What are you feeling? You could call the number 818-369-0326, 818-369-0326. Press 1 on your dial pad. We'll bring you right in if you'd like to share your thoughts. But uh, what has this message meant to you? What has it meant to you? What is it saying to you? What is the Spirit of God um, putting in your heart about it? You are living in this world, in this environment, with these obvious things that are so closely related to Bible prophecy, like you can't go to the restaurant without a vaccination card. I mean, these are, these are things that are speaking, but what are we hearing? It's showing us, but what are we seeing? Are we falling among the slain who have eyes to see but don't see? Have ears to hear but don't understand? Hearts, but don't, you know, where, who are we? What, what is it? Are, has the famine of hearing the words of God literally happened to the minds of people that should know better, that read the book every day, go to church, read their Bible, and it's happening, but they're denying what they're seeing? What is that? What is that? would love to hear from you. would love to know what you're thinking. And in the interim, I, I mean, I'll go back to Jeremiah 51. There are signs everywhere. They're at our door. They're in our They're just everywhere. What are you doing to prepare? Now, in the midst of all this chaos, confusion, Babylonianism, there is a sacred place in the kingdom of heaven where God is raising up the tabernacle of David. And that is a tabernacle of love from his people that he's raising up to, to house the tabernacle of David is to house the glory of God, the Messiah, Yeshua, that is light rays of the sun, the S-O-N, will be bursting through his tabernacle. But the tabernacle of David has fallen, okay? These are Christians who have fallen out from really being a part of the reality of the tabernacle of David, the house of Yeshua, if you will. So what are you thinking right now? I need to hear from you. Uh, Joyce is saying she's very concerned, and I would be concerned to a degree as well. But isn't it also phenomenal how accurate God's word is? Is there any discrepancy in what I'm sharing with you? Anything that you would say, well, that's a far stretch, or you're trying to put a circle in a square. I don't believe that's true at all. And if I keep reading out of uh, Jeremiah 51, it just becomes more and more obvious that we're in this kind of reality right now. Um, Phil Buswell is saying, wow, watch out for lying wonders. There it is, the image of the beast. Yeah, it's pretty awesome, right in your face, huh? 
Kevin says it is sad, but people want to have a golden calf, a statue that will speak to them, isn't it? Or to actually become that golden calf. All right, so let me take some phone calls coming in before I go back into it. We're going to go to our uh, telephone line, and hopefully everything will go nice and easy there. And let me say good morning to our dear friends from South Dakota who just came out of the Feast of Tabernacles. Good morning, Ken and Kathy. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Good morning. Good morning, well, Ken. I, I just watched, good morning. I, I just watched the video that you put on, and what came to me is man is rebuilding Babylon. Right on. Right on. What a great observation. It, it ends up, um, and people are so gullible that anything that comes out nowadays, um, next thing you know, you see it in a history book or you see it in um, school books, you see it on uh, all the medias, this and that, and it, nothing registers anymore with people. They end up, uh, they just go on their way as though, well, this is this is the way it is, or this is part of life. And I mean, um, <clears throat> there's a lack of people understanding and using their God-given mind to recognize what is happening to us. You're right on, because the refuge of lies and the deception that Yeshua talked about, Jesus talked about in the last days. He said deception would be everywhere. And here we're looking through the biblical lens. We're reading the Bible. We're watching what's going on in the world. It's such a clear picture, and yet people can't see it. That is concerning. Amen. Amen. I'm not going to take any more of your time. You probably have every call, other calls. Um, and I want to thank you for your time, and I want to thank you for the feast. It was great. God bless you. Well, Thank you, Ken. And it was great seeing you guys, and, and we'll see you again, I'm sure, Lord willing, in the next short times. Who knows how quick things will go by. Ken, let me, let me just put this out to you while you're on the line. Um, what I'm about to say, because I'm, I'm talking about, you know, I, I have this thing in my spirit about five months. And what I'm talking about is people should be prepared. They should be in the right place uh, five months from now, which would bring us right about to the end of February into the month of March. And by April, you know, there is a possibility that we're living in a different world. See, I believe that. But I'm not saying it prophetically, thus saith the Lord. I'm saying it from a watchman's position, somebody that's standing on the wall watching what's going on in the world, looking at the biblical lens, at the numbers, pack your bags, uh, what we see rising, all this stuff going on around. To me, it's a, it's a cry of uh, uh, from the wall, watching and looking, telling people five months, we don't get paid for doing this. We're not getting rich from doing it. What we get most of all is flack for even saying it, but we're more cautious now. But spiritually speaking, um, the more I see, the more I view, the more I read the word of God, the more the urgency comes into my spirit to tell people and to get people to think about it, but to really pray what are your thoughts about that? Just curious, as an elder in the body of Christ, what are your thoughts about the way we're handling this? Kathy and I were discussing a little bit about five months from now, and uh, the reason we were discussing it is because of what you brought out to us. Um, and 
I feel that all you got to do is look at what's not only going on in the United States, but what is going on within the world. And it doesn't matter what country you look at, but I'll use the example of Australia and that. And um, a lot of people in the United States have always thought that the United States was superior to the other countries when it comes to just manufacturing whatever it may be. Uh, We are finding right now that isn't true. And I just seen something this morning, and it showed that the... Um, container ships that are sitting off from the west coast of the United States are like logs almost go into a log jam because there's so much stuff sitting out there. It's just a matter of is it going to get into the United States or not. And so I feel that man is blind, and I do agree with you that in five months, we will possibly be living in a different, I guess I'm going to say world. And uh, man, we are just to the point where we're becoming more like guinea pigs or puppets every day to our government, to our leadership, to whatever it may be, except we're not puppets to the Lord. There's getting to be less and less people that are puppets or, and God gave us free will. So I I don't want to use the word puppet that God is controlling us. God gave us a free will and we are to use that free will in the proper way. And man is not doing that anymore. Yeah. It's almost like he's being controlled. You know, I was looking at the images coming out of Australia Uh, when the people were all lined up and they were trying to resist and protest what was going on in Australia. And they show the images of the black militarized police that are there resisting the people, how they were spraying them like you would a bunch of ants or bugs. You would get your raid can out and you would just exterminate them by spraying the poison on them. Um, and, And this is kind of the human masses of people around the world that now it's illegal to protest in Australia, as Brother Daniel Seckham said during the Feast of Tabernacles in his video, you, you, it's illegal. You go to prison. You get arrested. You lose us something uh, if you protest. But the, when they were protesting, the extermination, just spray them. Spray them like bugs. And if people aren't awakened and aware to what's going on right now, that could be a very devastating thing um, because that's how the global one-world government, satanic, luciferian priesthood is going to treat the human beings that resist their will and desire to worship uh, the evil that is in the world today. Amen. And we need to, yeah, Ken, yeah, we need to see it. And at least you could see it. The potential's there. So if you're behind the wall and you're a citizen of Babylon and the watchmen are on the wall, per se, and I'm certainly not a watchman for Babylon at all, but for the saints of God. But if you're sitting behind the wall and the watchmen are shouting to you saying, you know, there's an invasion coming, I see it, you know, the people may say, ah, we've heard that before. Or they may say, you know, something of, well, we're at ease, our walls are strong enough, our military power is strong enough, they'll resist it, they'll break it, you know, God is with us, whatever, Marduk. Um, but they were destroyed. And the the, the concerning thing that Joyce brought up is, I'm concerned that this is happening and the words are being spoken, but people aren't paying attention. They're not 
They're not preparing to come out of her. That is so true. And um, until the churches start waking up, and I'm not talking all churches, but a lot of them, they are ending up there not, they're not given or using their God-given right to preach the gospel the way that they're supposed to. And as far as, um, there's only one book. Well, there's a couple books that I end up, I look at quite often. Uh, first is the Bible. The second one is the dictionary. And it turns out uh, I trust the dictionary more than I trust the news media. I trust the dictionary more than I trust um, so many things that come about because I don't like the information that I'm given. Uh, I don't like the narcissist attitude of what's coming out amongst the people. And as far as uh, if people don't go back to the Bible and live by what the Bible tells them, we're in trouble. God gave us Ten Commandments, and a lot of people right now are saying, well, we don't need the Old Testament. But why did God make give us the Ten Commandments that only four of them are between God and man, and the other six is between man and man. And we end up, we don't, we don't use those six that God gave us in the proper way. And uh, until that day comes, I still feel we're going backwards, and maybe it's all going to happen within the next five months. All right, very good. Great comments. And again, those Ten Commandments are fulfilled in two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. In these are all the commandments of God fulfilled, right? So, all right, Ken, thank you. Man, I appreciate you and love you so much, and I appreciate your eldership in the body of Christ. And we'll be talking with you you real soon, sir. Shalom. God bless you. All right, that being said, with that, yes, thank you. Uh, let's take our next call coming in from area code 916. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Good morning, Pastor Vincent. Good morning, Brother Mark. How are you today, sir? Oh, I'm doing really well, sir. I'm uh, living in the kingdom. I'm praying in the kingdom, and my thoughts are in the kingdom. Praise God. Okay. doesn't get any better than that. That is correct, sir. Well, I do have a couple comments I'd like to share. You know, um, If you have been following the news media, if you're keeping your eyes on the news media, which I like to do just for laughs, and I do mean I laugh at it. Sometimes I get angry at it, but mostly I laugh at it because of how preposterous the reports are. You'll see that there has been in the past couple of months a real trend, and that trend is picking up speed as the news media outlets copy and paste each other, blaming the unvaccinated for the supposed surge in COVID infections and illnesses. Just about every news article, every interview that you see, you know, uh, Mary Smith lost her father because her father was working with people who were unvaccinated. And Mary Smith blames the unvaccinated. Joe Biden blames the unvaccinated. What we're seeing here is a real trend towards the United States government discriminating against people groups. On the one hand, 
they are becoming, they're practicing tolerance for certain people groups, the sinful Babylonian people groups, namely the homosexual movement, the LBGTQ, uh, you know, the abortionists, the people who want to kill babies, the people who want to maim children by allowing children to change their sex surgically at, at a young tender age. We see these people groups being supported. These satanic people groups are being supported, but the people who are resisting the mainstream attempts to colonize everyone, we are being demonized in the news media. Now, having said that, it won't be much longer, Pastor, before the news media starts identifying Christians as the target. Right now, it's the unvaccinated who are the, the bad guys in the United States of America, according to the popular news media. But that's going to transition over to the Christians are the bad guys. And you can see wording that, sorts, that sort of kind of starts moving in that direction um, along with these news articles that are starting to target religious exemptions to the vaccinations religious exemptions, people who are claiming and seeking relief from the vaccination via religious exemption, they're starting to have fingers pointed at them. They're starting, the news media is starting to say that religious exemption is nothing more than a subterfuge. So keep an eye out for that. It it, it won't be long at all before exactly what Jesus warned us about that we will be persecuted and we will be killed, that's going to start happening. The wording in the news media is going to start becoming a little bit more clear and a little bit more direct. It's the Christians who are responsible for the COVID spikes because they're the ones who are not being vaccinated. That's my story, sir, and I'm sticking to it. Okay, great story, great input. Absolutely. Um, Thank you for sharing your thoughts because it gets people to think, you know, Mark, people, uh, and I I was thinking about this the other day, you know, we're talking about so many different things, but how many people are really preparing for what we're talking about? And this is where, you know, the, the dysfunction comes in, you know, to, to know what to do and not do it um, is a deception. Uh, A hearer of the word, but not a doer of the word. Right. So true. So very true. Absolutely. So very true. Uh, people are being, you know, not only is the news media ignoring the genuine issue, which of course is biblically stated, but they are leading people cause, uh, on purpose, positively, causatively leading people in the wrong direction. Amen. Well, yeah, it's all very satanically intended. There's a mind. God is allowing it to happen, um, which is a phenomenal thought. When you go back to Jeremiah, it says, you know, God's saying, I've got a device. I've got a plan. This is what I'm going to do. But he uses whatever's available to him to accomplish his will. Uh, the joy that we have as Christian men and women, true believers, is that as we are cooperating with the Holy Spirit and we are Uh, allowing for the Spirit of God to take our lives in whatever direction He chooses, and we've surrendered our life as a living sacrifice, which is a biblical, you know, uh, responsibility, our reasonable service. Um, We have this incredible hope 
So the things that I see, the things that are spoken of, men's hearts are going to fail for fear of what they see coming on the earth, but not us. Oh, that's right. I don't, yeah, I don't see that happening for us. I, I see it as, wow, the Bible is real after all. You know, a lot of people are, you know, we could tell people, look, what's happening? We were shopping at Lowe's yesterday, met a guy from Hawaii. I will not share his name. Met a guy from Hawaii, lost $47 million in 2008 uh, when, the, when everything crashed in 2008. He lost $47 million, $22 million in cash. Uh, that was in, in the deals that he was doing and uh, these other jobs that he had lined up. So, and we're talking to him and he started telling us about the global stuff that's going on for people that buy the granite, they buy the marble, they buy all these things and what his job was to bring it out of the earth. And, you know, just an amazing story. And when it was all done, you know, you could tell he was a little bitter about the people. And he's, he got into Dell and he got into uh, the guy that is from Dell Computers, how he was there building things. And so he went into all this conversation. And finally, Patricia said to him, she said, do you know everything you're talking about is written in the Bible? And his eyes became like saucers. Well, you know, and he started, well, you know, kind of. And she went on to explain to him how this is written in the Bible and then we were able to tell him, you know, God loves you. He's got a plan for your life. We just showed a lot of love to this man. And so it's a phenomenal thing for us who know, who've been awakened, who are, are responding to what God is saying, to look at these things and go, wow, these are the signs of the times right before the Lord returns. And we just have to get ready for this Time in the wilderness for a few years. we got to get ready for a few more years to go through some pretty hellacious stuff. Um, there's a lot of stuff we don't understand, uh, things we're trying to grapple with and get worked out in our thinking that only the Holy Spirit can reveal to us. But um, it's happening, and I guess we're rejoicing rather than fretting because we're doing yes, the right thing. Exactly. Exactly correct. Exactly correct. The Lord did direct us in the Old Testament. He was very specific. He was very clear. Come out of her, my people. That was the word of the Lord. <clears throat> and, you know, um, we believers, we brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, we do need to realign our thinking so that here on this planet, here on earth, there isn't anything that we wouldn't gladly, easily joyfully walk away from in 30 seconds flat if the Lord says, okay, it's time now. It's time now to walk away from that particular thing. You know, our homes, our homes, uh, our automobiles, our checking accounts, whatever. You know, Our radio broadcasts. Our radio broadcasts, our telephones. We need to be prepared to walk away from all of that in order to follow the word of the Lord. As, and that as was directed... As directed yeah. and as guided by the Holy Spirit. Kind of like what that one definition in uh, Jeremiah was, vanish away. Yes. Where yes, did they go? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And, and by the time yeah. that happens, there, there's going to be very little right information, biblical, spiritual truth information given to people and what people have done with the revelation that the spirit has been giving them through the years 
through podcasts like these, I believe, where a shared community are sharing their thoughts and inspirations out of the Word of God, it won't be there anymore. And the deception yeah. that we think is in the world right now is going to get thicker and thicker and thicker, while those who have That's the light right. of truth are going to vanish away into environments that are going to get lighter and lighter and lighter. And the truth that was That's spoken right. is going to be, you know, ex- exemplified. And um, what an amazing moment. Well, Mark, I've got 90 seconds left. I got to get going. Final word. Pastor, we love you. We appreciate what you and Pastor Patricia are doing. And uh, don't stop. That's Thank my, you, uh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> good, good word, brother. God bless you. Shalom to you. Thank you, brother. And thanks for calling in. Shalom. All right. All right, that's it for us today. We've simply run out of time. Lord willing, we'll be back with you tomorrow. Uh, Please consider the things that we have said, the things that we have shown, and be encouraged as a member of the body of Christ. We shared these things. The apostles shared them. The prophets shared them. Jesus shared them. The Bible shares them. So don't get bent out of shape that we're sharing them. Um, But it's real. It's happening before your eyes. Men like caterpillars, giants walking around the icons. You're seeing vaccinations, can't buy or sell. It's all around you. Start praying. When is it time to vanish? When is it time to vanish? May God help us all. Until we meet again, shalom. I'm Pastor Vince. Got to go. A blessed day.